Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the Word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. A question that many individuals have, even those who take the name of Jesus, I gave my heart to Jesus. I go to church most weeks. But why isn't my life working? My relationships seem shaky. I'm not certain if I'm in the right career. I'm bored with my job. I'm bored in my marriage. I thought that following Jesus was to make my life better and to make me better at life. But it's not happening. This morning I'm going to unpack some things in the scripture and from my own life because what I'm going to share with you today transformed my life more than 40 years ago. It was something I learned after I had opened my life and my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus does make our lives better and make us better at life. He's done his part. The problem is some of us have not learned what our part is or We have chosen not to do what our part is, and that is the reason many people say, why is my life falling apart? Last week, we talked about one promise from the Scripture. We're going to talk about another similar promise today, but it was from the book of Joshua, chapter 1. I'm only going to refer to the three verses here that uh, that, that have the promise in it. So Joshua 1, verses 7 through 9 says this, Be strong, the Lord speaking to Joshua, but really not only is he speaking to the man Joshua, he's speaking to the nation of Israel and also to us. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then here's the promise. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Here are the steps. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. The promised verse from Joshua is is verse 7. It's actually verse 9 also, but coming up on the screen, then you will be successful in everything you do. And the other promise that I'm going to share with you this morning comes from the book of Psalms, Chapter 1, verse 3, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's speaking about men and women. Whatever he does shall prosper. Everything you do will be successful. Whatever you do shall prosper are two promises from the word of God. Too good to be true. No, they're not. Because I have learned that they are true, and I've learned what they've done in my own life. Back in the 1970s, the promise from Psalm chapter 1, verse 3 transformed my life. I'd been a believer for about two years. And the church that I was attending were all going to be driving up to Detroit, Michigan to Cobo Hall for a conference. And in this conference, which lasted several days, the keynote speaker was teaching us how to grow, how to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on one particular session... The session that caught my mind, caught my heart, and because of me hearing and doing, transformed my life. 
during this session, he says, how would you like that anything you put your hand to will prosper? How would you like anything that you would do to prosper? Now, that piqued my interest a little bit. I was in my mid-20s. My life wasn't going anyplace at that point. I was working at a, a pretty low-paying job, had no career potential, just trying to figure out, do I go back to school? What do I do? I wasn't in a relationship with anyone. The last relationship I was in didn't go so well, uh, mostly because of me. Um, and so, you know, I'm just wondering. And so he's talking about prospering in whatever that we should do. There were about 20,000 other people at this conference and I don't know if anybody else got it, but I did. Because the keynote speaker said there is a promise in the Bible that you can prosper in anything. I thought, okay. Didn't know where this promise was. Hadn't heard it before. And then he said things like this. Are you worried about your job? And I thought, yeah. Are you concerned about your marriage or if you're not married about relationships? I said, Yeah. Are you concerned about schooling or what you should study? And I went, yeah. And the list went on and on. And he talked about all these things. I'm thinking, yes. And he says, do you know you can prosper in every single one of them if you will do this one thing that the Bible talks about? So now he's got my full attention. And he proceeded for the next 30 to 45 minutes to teach. And I'm going to teach the lessons this morning that I learned there. Because he brought us to the first psalm and especially he pointed out verse number three, and whatever he does shall prosper. So I'm going to invite you to go to your Bibles, electronic, paper, whatever. The whole text is not going to appear on the screen because I want you to see it in your own Bible. There's a reason for that. You can highlight it. You can do other things. But we are going to read the first psalm this morning. There are only six verses in it. I'm going to read the entire psalm, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk about two or three verses that transformed my life over 40 years ago. Actually, let me back up. These verses transformed my life because I applied the verses. That makes a big difference. You know, you can't put the Bible on your head and say, verse changed my life. It doesn't work that way. Psalm 1, verse 1, I'm reading from New Living this morning, and then I'm going to read it from the New American Standard in a, in a few minutes, and I'll let you know why I'm going to do that. Psalm 1, verse 1, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. There's the promise. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. All, everything, whatsoever, means exactly what it says. All, everything, and whatsoever. Whether that would be success in relationships, finances, leadership, on the job, in marriage, parenting, schooling, your relationship with Jesus, or any other area of your life, God has given direction to his followers as to how to live in a way that leads to success and prosperity. 
Last week, we looked at how to have success and prosperity. And there's three words that we studied last week. They were study, meditate, and obey. Study, meditate, and obey. That's what we looked at last week. Today, I'm going to get very practical. How can you do these things? To study the Word of God means to learn what it says. And the basis of study starts with this. You've got to read it. You've got to learn what it says. Statistically, in one survey, only 9% of Christians read the Bible on a daily basis. Only 9%. Of Christians read the Bible on a daily basis. That means 91% of people who are holding on to Jesus Christ are not reading his word daily. And only 3% of Christians have ever read the Bible all the way through. Now, I, I will be real honest. I pastor a church of above average people. But I'm not going to have you stand because then you might blow my feelings about you as to whether or not there's more than 9% of you here. But I believe there's more than 9% of you here that read the Bible on a daily basis. I believe there's more than 3% of you here that have read the Bible all the way through. I believe you're an above average group of people. But it is easy even as a, an above average group of people to still get out of the habit. So study the Bible. You need to read it. So I'm going to tell you, in my opinion... All of this stuff is just what I have discovered over the years. Because, see, this is what 40 years ago I started doing. And as I started doing it, God's promise started to come through. So how do we study the Bible? First point, and I hope you have a bulletin because all of these are in there on the back. You need to read daily, and I have the words highlighted, a quantity of God's Word. What's a quantity? It's more than a verse. I believe you should set some type of a reading goal, whether it is a chapter goal or a certain amount of minutes goal. Because to really understand the Word of God, to study it, you must get into it in quantity. So chapters or verses, I think what is your... You have a chapter thing, right? You say you try to read so many chapters a day? You're going for about four chapters a day. I go for anywhere from three to five a day myself, depending on how long the chapters are. And <laughs> when it's the 119th Psalm, and for those of you who have been around for a while, you know the 119th Psalm is one chapter that goes for like mega pages. That might be the only chapter I read that day. But So I go for a quantity of the Word of God because you've got to feed yourself. You've got to know what it says. You need to see it in context. Now, you could take the word in your bulletin, read, and add this, or listen. I know some of you are not good readers. Nowadays, that's no longer an excuse. Many decades ago, if you weren't a good reader, you had to spend a considerable amount of money to listen to God's word. You would buy cassettes, and they would come packaged, and you'd pop them in your cassette player. Nowadays, the Bible... The audio version of the Bible is as close as your smartphone. Most Bible apps, but I will, I will recommend one that I use, the YouVersion Bible, you can listen to the Word of God. You can listen to it if you have it Bluetooth synced to your vehicle when you're going to work or coming home from work. You can listen to it through your earbuds. Or whatever you choose to do, you have the Word of God to listen to if you are not a good reader. It might even be something you want to do where you actually have the text open 
and you read it and listen to it. Let it use two senses. However you do it, you need to daily read or listen to a quantity of God's Word. Then secondly, you need to read or listen to a translation you can easily understand. A translation you can easily understand. This is less of a problem than it was many years ago when we didn't have uh, as many translations. Three that I will recommend, you choose from any one. I use these three. Actually, I, there's about five different translations that I uh, somewhat study from or read regularly. The New Living is the one that I use here, and I preach from the New Living. I consider it a good translation. There are some places in it, other translations do a better job. But it is easy to understand. It is very helpful. The New Living Translation is good. The New King James is actually very good, too. The New King James Version. So if you, you like the old King James, or you feel that the King James uh, maybe says some things, which it does a little bit better, then the New King James Version is another recommended version. The third one that I recommend is the New International Version, NIV. NKJV or the NLT on your devices. Those are three very good translations to do what I'm talking about here. Read daily a quantity of God's Word. Read from a translation you can easily understand. Now, there are some modern translations, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't recommend them if you're a new Bible reader. And some of the people I'm talking to today, you've never gotten into this habit of daily reading the Word of God. If you're a new Bible reader, not that these are bad, I just think they may be a bit more confusing to you. I do not recommend you read the message, and I do not recommend you read the Amplified. Because those are designed for people who have been in the Word of God for so long that they need a freshness to it. And the message version gives a great freshness to the Word of God. The Amplified gives some other understanding. But as a, if you're a first-time Bible reader, New Living, New King James, or New International would be my recommendation. And it will, they kind of sound a little bit alike. The message sounds so much different. I have a hard time. What verse is that when I read the message? However, there are times where, wow, I hadn't considered it in that way. I cannot recommend this translation, but it's getting a lot of, of traction right now. I don't have it yet. It's called the Passion Translation. Seems that a lot of younger people are really connecting with the Passion Translation. I haven't heard that it's a bad translation. I just haven't read it, so if I haven't read it yet, I don't want to put my stamp of approval, so I'll just put the stomp, stamp of approval of others that are, that are buying it. It's a, it was the fastest-selling Bible uh, I think it was the past year. I mean, when it came out, it was being snatched up. They were running out. So you may want to look at the Passion Translation. All right. Next. If you're a new Bible reader, and even if you're an older Bible reader, and older meaning that you've been doing this for a while, I recommend you spend most of your time in the New Testament. Spend most of your time in the New Testament. You say, why? Because that's where the words of Jesus are. That's where the explanation of the gospel is. Spend most of your time in the New Testament. Now, I'm not opposed to the Old Testament. I read the Old Testament myself. But sometimes when you're really wanting to understand what God is speaking to us, we need to be in the New Testament. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. I know some people are be cringing. I say stick with the New Testament because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It says all Scripture, all Scripture is given by God, and it's profitable for this. Yes, it is. But some of it will bore you. 
And some of it needs to be unpacked by people who have studied culture, the historical context. So if you're just beginning to develop a habit in the Word of God, I really highly recommend that you stick with the New Testament. And then I want you to read it systematically. What I mean by systematically is that you're going to start in the New Testament and you're going to read the whole thing and then you're going to do it again. In your bulletin, everybody, if you have a bulletin, has received a bookmark. This is mine. I've used these before. Mine is taped in my Bible. This is my Bible reading plan. This thing that I'm handing to you, I created for my other church. I created it for myself, and I still follow it. This is my New Testament Bible reading plan. This is how I systematically <coughs> go through the New Testament regularly. So pull that out and take a look at it, and I will tell you how I set this up. You can use any Bible reading plan that you want, but I'm making this one available as a place for you to start. First thing you're going to notice is it starts in the book of Matthew. That's because that's the first New Testament book. But what's the book that follows Matthew? Mark. What's the book that I have next? Acts. Huh. Don't you like Mark, Pastor Rick? No. I just don't want you reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John back to back. Because you can say, didn't I just read this? Yes. So what I have done is I've taken the Gospels and I've interspersed the Gospels throughout this reading plan. So you're going to read Matthew and then Acts and then the book of Romans and then Mark. Then First and Second Corinthians and then Luke. And then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, John, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Matthew, Acts. Wait a minute. I read those already. Yeah, I set this up because I want you to read the Gospels and the book of Acts twice every time you read through the New Testament. Why? Because the words of Jesus are so important. I want you to be familiar with the life of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the promises of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, what happened. And so you can do it any way that you want, but every time I go through my New Testament, I've read all four Gospels twice, and I've read the book of Acts twice. And in fact, I just finished the book of James. If you look down your list, there's the book of James. I just finished it. Uh, today or tomorrow when I start uh, reading again, I'm going to the, read the book of Luke. And then First and Second Peter, First, Second, and Third John. Then the book of John again. Jude, Revelation. Oh, and at the bottom it says, now return to the, to the top and start again. This is an ongoing, continual thing. Once you've finished it, if you've never read all the way through the New Testament, give yourself a gold star, call me up, I'll do a certificate for you, finish reading the New Testament, I don't, you know, but then I want you to start it again. The Word of God needs to be, as I said, a daily quantity of God's Word getting into your heart. From a translation you can easily understand, spend most of your time in the New Testament and read it systematically. Read it systematically. And then... Lastly, read and listen to good Bible-based preaching and teaching. There are times that we need someone to help us understand the Word of God. There are times we need someone to help us to dig deeper. The Holy Spirit works through preaching. The Bible talks about the foolishness of preaching and how God works through. There's power in preaching. So if you have some Bible uh, teachers or podcasts you listen to, especially the one from this church, yes, you know, and, and give us a good review on iTunes or something. I mean, everybody says that. I don't have people rate us or review us on iTunes, but you can. 
But our podcast is available, so if you miss a message, in fact, if you missed last week, which was the first part of this, where I talked about the need to read, or to, to study, to meditate, and obey, you can listen to that on our website, on iTunes podcast, or on YouTube. Those are our three primary sources. Haven't gotten into Spotify or Google, Doc, or Google Play or any of those yet. So those are our three. So, first of all, if you want to succeed and prosper God's way, you have to study God's word. You need to learn what it says. Then the second one is you need to meditate. Meditate means to think about deeply, to chew on, to mull over. And uh, in the psalm here, it says you should meditate on it day and night. In Joshua, it says you need to meditate on it day and night. That means you're mulling it over. You're thinking about it. Last week, I told you, told you everybody here can meditate. You know how to meditate. You've been meditating long before you realized you were meditating. And that's because if you can worry, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because worry is just the negative form of meditation. When you worry, it's something that gets into your heart, and you mull it over, and you chew on it, and you think about it, and it gets there, and it's just wrestling. You're going over and over and over again. Basically, that's a type of meditation, except it's on the wrong thing. It's on your problems. It's on your cares and your worries. The Bible says you meditate on God's Word day and night, letting it mull over, chewing on it, thinking about it deeply. Well, well Pastor, how do I get out of worry and into meditation. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to get it inside your heart, which means you've been reading it. Now, here are some things that will help you to meditate on the Word of God. Number one, highlight verses that stand out to you. This is my oldest Bible. It's the oldest Bible that I currently still own. There have been several that have been worn out. <laughs> and... Uh, but this one I finally got a Bible cover for. It's a New American Standard. It was the first Bible that I was, I was being taught in. And I don't know how well you can see it, but I have red and orange and other things that are highlighted. If we go to the Psalms, there's places that are highlighted. A book that's really highlighted for me is the book of Proverbs. There's all kinds of passages highlighted in Proverbs. Now, each Bible that I own has different highlights because at that time of my life when I was reading a different Bible. This Bible goes back at least 30 years for me. It might even be older than that. And the only reason it kept is because it's one of the few bi first Bibles that I put a Bible cover on. But I have a lot of verses highlighted. I have many verses highlighted, and this is my current preaching Bible, and it's the Bible that I do most of my study from. I do, I've changed to highlighting in pencil because the ink doesn't bleed through. So that's why the highlights are not as uh, uh, apparent in this one. So highlight verses that stand out. Then the next thing you should do is reread these verses several times. So if there's a verse that stands out to you, such as, and whatever he does shall prosper, reread that several times. Get it into your mind. Get it into your heart. Hopefully you've got it highlighted. I hope that you've also maybe highlighted the context of those verses. But highlight them, reread them, and then... Commit to memory, memorize, select verses that the Holy Spirit lifts up to you. This is one of the things that will get God's word in your heart more than anything else is the memorization. And it's where you can begin to really chew on things because you've committed them to memory. One of the first passages of scripture that I committed to memory 40 years ago, after I heard the teaching, the preaching at Cobo Hall, 
someone. From the New American Standard Bible, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, especially these verses. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither, and it bears its fruit in season, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Get it in your heart. Memorize those select verses that the Holy Spirit lifts up. Recently, I've been memorizing from Zechariah chapter 8. Don't have it fully memorized yet, but the whole the whole concept of it is memorized because these were verses that the Holy Spirit spoke to me personally. These are personal verses. Spoke to me personally, and I've read them dozens of times over the past several weeks, and I have basically most of it memorized of the promises that the Lord has spoken in my heart so that when I'm troubled or when something comes up, these verses come back to mind because, first of all, they were highlighted, in my Bible, they're underlined. I reread these verses multiple times, and I'm memorizing these verses. Then the next thing you do to help you with this uh, meditation is pray the important verses. Pray those verses. What do you mean, pray the verses? Pray the Scripture. What it says, pray it back to God. Let me pray for you just a few verses here in Psalm number 1. Lord, your word says that the Righteous, delight in your law. Lord, help me to delight in your law. And Lord, especially help me to learn how to meditate on it day and night. Because Lord, I want to be like a tree planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit in every season. My leaves will not wither. Even when the harshness of life comes, even when the uh, dryness of life comes, my leaf will not wither, and I will prosper in everything that I do. Lord, Lord, help me to become a man like this. Or you could pray, help me become a woman like this. Pray those important verses. Get them in your heart. Praying them also helps you to memorize. If you want to succeed and prosper God's way, you've got to study God's Word. You've got to read it. You've got to learn what it says and meditate on it. And in the process of doing all of this, you will internalize the Word of God, personalize the Word of God. Remember, you can't meditate on something you've never read or heard or learned about. But these two, while there is some value, if you don't do the third, you will not prosper and succeed. These two, study and meditate, are important, but if you don't do the third, you will not succeed. And the third is this, obey. you got to do what you read in the book. You read a passage that speaks about how to treat your spouse, and you say, ooh, I don't treat my husband that way. What will you do? Obey. You read a passage that speaks about not lying. What are you going to do? Obey. That's what you're supposed to do. You read a passage like this from Ephesians 4.29 which says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful 
so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now you've just heard it. Don't use foul and abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You've just heard it. What are you going to do? Maybe there's nobody here that uses foul or abusive language. And maybe there's all of you. Everything you say is good and helpful. I wish everything I said was good and helpful. <laughs> but it's not. Ask my wife. What will you do? Obey. What if you read a passage like 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20? And I'm going to step on some toes. I probably stepped on some toes with abusive language. Probably stepped on some toes with lying. Why did I see somebody's elbow go when I was talking about spouses? I... 1 Corinthians. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You, know, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. What do you do when you've read and understood what the Word of God says about your sexuality and about sexual sin? What do you do? supposed to obey. What if I don't? Then the only then won't happen. See, in, in, in Joshua, it says study, meditate, obey everything that it says, and then it says only then. This is what happens, the only then. Then you will prosper and succeed. I've defined, these are my definitions, I've defined prosperity as to have what you need plus extra to share, and to succeed is it's more long-term. It's fulfilling the destiny for which God created and gifted you. You don't have to worry about prosperity and success if you do the first three. In fact, your focus shouldn't really be on prosperity and success. But that usually is the reason that we do the first three, and that's why I did the first three starting 40 years ago, because I heard what this man said. If I wanted to pros prosper in, in a job, in a career, in study, I would like to have a decent relationship with someone, which I did. I pros Oh, I prospered well there. Whew, I did. I was doing the first three. Here's a, fr here's a phrase that's coming up. It's also at the bottom of your bulletin. These are the natural outcomes of the first three. Prosperity and success are the, the, are the natural outcome of studying, meditating upon, and obeying what God word, God's Word says. Now, I'm just going to give you a quick example here. If I was to plant a peach tree this coming spring, and I was to put it out into my yard, dug a proper hole for it, took care of, you know, how I was supposed to break out the burlap or whatever it's been wrapped in, and I kept it watered, I staked it so that our Indiana winds don't break it down. I occasionally throw proper fertilizer around it, and I keep the grass from getting too close, and I don't weed-eat it to damage its bark. What should I expect in three to four years from my peach tree that I planted? What should I expect? Peaches. And fresh peaches were what I desired. But I didn't just, you know, pray over the tree, although you can there were other things that I needed to do. I love peaches. I love fresh peaches. So to get the fresh peaches, I had to do certain things. Prosperity and success. You want it? 
study, meditate, and obey the Word of God. And the rest will follow. And that is what I learned over 40 years ago. And because of that, now I haven't been perfect with this. There have been seasons. But I personally believe that the prosperity, the success, the spouse that I have, the calling that I have, the career that I have, even before I was in ministry, the career I had previously, the success that I had, the prosperity, was directly related to what I did with this book and specifically related to what I learned in Psalm number one. Well, the joys who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand with the sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. And delight is not an easy thing to do, but the longer you're in God's word, the more it can become delightful towards you. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. I started the me my message this morning with these two statements. Why isn't, or these few statements, I should say, why isn't my life working? I gave my heart to Jesus. I go to church. But my relationship seems, seems shaky. I'm not certain if I'm in the right career. I'm bored with my job, bored with my marriage. I need to ask you a question. How's your obedience to God's word? How well do you know what's in the book? How much do you read it? How much do you think deeply about it? How much do you meditate upon it? And then lastly, do you obey the word? you study it? Are you meditating on it? Do you obey the word? And you may make a statement like this, and as I was praying this week, I had this statement pop into my mind, so I wrote it quickly on my device, sent it to my computer so I could put it into the message. I, was, I don't know if I was driving or where I was, but I did this on my phone. Someone might say to me, and you might be here, or maybe you've thought this, well, I don't have time for all that Bible stuff. And I really don't have much interest in it. I've got a lot of things going in my life right now. I'll get to it later. I will get to it later. You may think you're doing pretty well. I understand. And you don't have a lot of time. I understand. Because if you were tracking with me, I understand your objection. That study and that meditation, that's going to take some time, right? Absolutely. It's going to take prioritizing some things. Absolutely. It may take changing the way you do some things. Absolutely. But hear me. If you want the success and prosperity that God wants for you, you got to do it this way. You've got to do it this way. I am so glad that I learned this principle over 40 years ago when I was in my 20s. I believe it set the course of my life in a direction that I am now reaping the long-term benefits. Think about, let's go back to my peach tree illustration. If I planted a peach tree and I said, how many years? What if I planted that peach tree 40 years ago? 
Every year for 35 to 37 years, depending on how quickly that I would get my first peaches, every year for, th for 35 to 37 years, I would be eating fresh peaches as long as I took care of that tree. As a matter of fact, I might be able to take some of the seeds of that tree and plant some other trees because that's how it works. I could have maybe planted some trees and given them to my children, given them to other people. Peach trees could be growing all over Kansas. I could be Johnny Peach Seed or whatever. Maybe not. What I am saying is this. Because of what I did for the past 40 years, my life has changed. Especially younger people, this is kind of hard to think, does it really matter? Yes, it does. I'm so glad that that man who stood on the platform, he was probably maybe in his 50s at the time. He was a man who talked out of the, both the wisdom of the Word of God and the wisdom of a life well lived. That my 25-year-old heart, let's say 25, because I don't remember how old I was, my 25-year-old heart caught it and did it. Because the man that you see today has been changed by me following what I've talked to you about. Study, meditate, obey, and it will bring success and prosperity to your life. Study, meditate, and obey. Study, meditate, and obey. Only then will you be successful in all that you do. The team could make their way back to the platform. I want to pray over you. We're going to close with a, with a song here in a moment. By your heads, by your hearts. Lord, I don't believe there's anybody here that wouldn't desire to have success in everything that they do. They wouldn't desire that everything they touched would be successful and that they would prosper in it. So this morning we submit ourselves to your word, which tells us to study and meditate and obey. Lord, we commit ourselves this morning to read, memorize, and obey your word the scripture. Lord God, for the young person that is here today, the young man, the young woman, that is hearing this for the first time and is having this stirring because they don't see their life really going anyplace. I pray that they would take the words that I have written and spoken. May it be anointed by your spirit and may they become a me. Meaning that right now in their 20s, they are taking this into their hearts. And when they spend 40 years, they will be able to tell someone else, it works. It works. It works. Lord God, for the older individual that has been a believer for a while, has probably said to themselves, why is my life not working? And if they have not been practicing it today, I pray they will start to create the new habits in their life of study, meditation, and obedience. That for the remainder of their years, they may prosper and succeed. For the senior adult that might be here, someone over the age of 55, 60 years old, who have not developed yet this habit in their lives, may the latter part of their life be rich in success and fullness because 
they have, starting this week, they are making a commitment to study, to meditate, and to obey your word. Lord, may the practical things that I've suggested, may people begin to practice them. And if they wish to change them, it doesn't matter as long as they get to the point where they're reading regularly and in quantity, where they're meditating and they're thinking deeply about your word, but especially that they're obeying what it says. Oh God, oh God, may this be a church of individuals who walk in maturity, who walk in success and prosperity that is God-given because of your promise. The promise in Joshua the promise in Psalm 1, and there are other similar promises in Jeremiah and elsewhere about what it is like when we meditate upon your word, read it, study it, meditate and obey it. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.